Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am doing quite well. How are you, sir? Well, I am doing uh, just fine here in uh, lovely, sunshiny Houston, Texas, where uh, the winds go whistling through the plains. That's actually uh, Oklahoma. But anyway, yes, uh, doing, doing well, man. Doing good. Excited to be uh, sitting here talking with you. Now, before we jump into this episode, uh, I want to kind of acknowledge something that we did last week and let you know that uh, we're going to do it again. And that is at the very tail end of last week's episode, we put a little Thrones TV talk in there after the... Uh, you know, after the credits roll and all that kind of good stuff, a little kind of bonus feature, if you will. And um, man, Bell, if you're cool with it, I say we keep on with that. Maybe do a little extra Thrones TV talk at the tail end of this. Yeah, that's cool. It'll be like, you know, all those little cookies they have at the end of comic book movies. Yeah, except there's no real interconnectivity per se. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for not everything is connected and they're, they're, these are not previews for next movie. No, that's true. That's true. Endgame's coming up, but that's a whole nother thing. Man, this is actually an amazing time right now because we've we've got Endgame coming up this weekend. We've got the big battle this weekend of uh, on the next episode of Game of Thrones. We've got this amazing season of The Flash. And in this particular episode, man, we finally got a confirmation of something that I have been like like wanting, longing for since the first earliest days of this show. And we're about to get all into it. But man, I think that's about it for right now. Should we go ahead and jump into it? Uh, let's do it. Let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. Episode 19 of season five, Snowpack, directed by Jeff Cassidy and story by Jonathan Butler and Gabriel Garza. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Barry and Iris fight over him sending Nora back without consulting her. Iris reprograms the time sphere and travels to 2049. There, Nora wants Thorne to teach her how to use the negative speed force to travel in time without being detected by her father. After an unsuccessful attempt, Nora and Thawne are confronted by Iris, who wants to take Nora back with the time sphere. An upset Nora instead enters the negative speed force. Thawne admits he made a mistake and tells Iris to reunite her family. Meanwhile, Icicle steals a cryo-atomizer from Tannhauser Industries and then kidnaps Caitlin and Carla, planning to eliminate their human sides. Caitlin turns into Killer Frost to fight Icicle while Beria saves Carla from a cryo-chamber. Icicle is about to kill Caitlyn when Thomas Snow suddenly finds the strength to return to his human form. Cicada, who earlier kidnapped her younger self, arrives and fights Killer Frost. Thomas sacrifices himself for his daughter by stepping in front of Cicada's dagger, after which Cicada escapes with a cryo-atomizer. Unknown to anyone, Carla tests positive for icicle powers. 
Finally, Barry admits he was wrong, and he and Iris agree to work together to help their daughter. Elsewhere, Nora emerges from the negative speed force with glowing red eyes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Bell, what is the reverse of excess? Um, it, SX? It's, it's, it's SX. I'm just wondering if we need to call her SX or if we need to call her, you know, reverse <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's Yeah, I mean, it, it would have to be reverse excess because it's not whatever. But then that's just SX. You can't just do that. <laughs> like, X S X. I, yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, flash backwards is you know. Schlafa. Schlafa. <laughs> <laughs> I am Schlafa. <laughs> Some would call me Schlafa. <laughs> <laughs> Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guy shows up on the scene. Barry's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Schlafa." And he's like, "Uh, bless you." <laughs> He's like, no, that is my name. Uh, no Espanol Russian? Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, man. That's, I mean, like, let, that's that's the big one, right? Let's. Let, that means that we got to save it for last because there's a lot going on in this episode. And, man, this is a tough episode to walk away from because overall, and I mean, this is kind of tipping the bean can early on here, but when it comes to Nora and Eobard and Iris and, and Flash's stories, like, that that's the bit like that mm, that's the good stuff in this episode that's the like this is like the rich flash character development character driven stories like really really deep speed force negative speed force everything that i could ever want out of this series is like all kind of condensed into what is unfortunately a b plot in this particular episode now don't get me wrong i have been <laughs> wanting development for Caitlin for quite some time. There has been multiple episodes that when we go through all the characters, we get to Caitlin. It's like Caitlin also in this episode. Like that's basically what she's had. Yeah. But man, nobody cares about snowpack. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. But man, well, maybe you, you've got a different take. Here's the deal. Caitlin has been a character on this series since the inception of it. And I agree. I think they need to do stuff to, to build her up. And I would have been fine with them going like, okay, we're going to solve the cicada thing at the mid season hiatus. And then the rest is going to be the Eobard main thing. And then our subplot will be killer frost, Caitlin snow. Yeah. I think that, I think that'd have been cool. Like I'd have been down with that, but instead uh, we still have uh kid Kata who I'm not, I'm not saying cicada too. That's dumb. Uh, and and the reason why they're calling her Cicada 2 is because Cisco was not in this episode. That's and exactly right. He, he's going to show up next week and be like, guys, it's Kid Kata. Come on. Come yeah. on. And 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 I just think it's hilarious how they have to start every episode. Go, all right. All right. Who's not in this episode? Uh, Cisco. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let, let, let's give a, let's give like a, a laundry list of, of what the characters who aren't in this episode yeah, are doing. Steel, uh, no, no. She is here. She's here just for two seconds. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Cisco off world. Let's address that real quick, because that's that was not a setup last week, right? No, no, no. That, that, I'm telling you, that's just what they do. It's like, oh, yeah, Caitlin's off doing research here. Cisco's off doing this here. Oh, uh, Ralph is 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 looking at files here. It's just it's, it's just how they, they they immediately just, you know, so nobody watching the episode will go, hey, that's weird. How come Cisco wasn't in that episode? They just get it out in the front and they do it right there. And it's kind of lazy. But, but see, it, it's here's the funny. thing that bugs me, though, because <laughs> like when it's Caitlin's off somewhere doing science, fine. That makes sense. Caitlin would be off somewhere doing science. One assumes that's what she's doing even when she's there. Cisco being off Earth doesn't match at all with his character arc this season. 
Like, why would he breach to another earth when he's trying to normalize his life right now? Honestly, I he was he was talking with Breacher, I think, about how to apprehend Cicada. Uh, is this like, like your headcanon or? No, I think that's what they said. It's like, oh, well, like, where's Cisco? It's like, oh, he's 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 on Earth uh, or uh, he's talking with Breacher about how to uh, to, to apprehend Cicada. I think that was the throwaway line that they had. I don't I, don't I thought really it was sure. just he's off Earth. I mean, I could be wrong on that. And and to be fair, you know, I, I ended up watching this episode in reverse, which is appropriate, all things considered. <laughs> I saw, I came in um, because I'm, you know, Houston and a new town and getting adjusted to everything. I couldn't find the correct channel. And there's like <laughs> a lot more channels in Houston than there were in central Mississippi. And so like, I'm trying to figure out where the CW is and uh, finally get in about 30 minutes late. And so by the time I show up, you know, Caitlin's been kidnapped, Barry's on the ground, frozen, you know, Iris is already talking to Eobard. Like, so I, I missed a large part of the setup. And then when I went back to rewatch it, I watched the first half on the backhand. So I, I, that is a little bit fresher on my mind, but I'm pretty sure they just said he was off earth, which again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I could have sworn they mentioned he was talking to breacher and I thought in the, see, that's the thing. It's like, I am in my head. I, I've been starting just to listen for that laundry list of characters. Who's not going to be in this episode, but I don't really pay attention to the reasons why, because usually they, they don't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. It, it's sort of weird for him to be breaching around when he's trying to be like, I don't want to be a breacher person anymore. I want to be normal. Yeah. It is outside of his character, but like in my mind, I'm just like, you know, this is just the excuse why this character is not here this episode. Um, well, let's talk about uh, the characters that were in this episode. So we get a return of mama snow as well as icicle senior. Um, you know, we, we get a, a, I guess a resolution to his story in particular, which was, you know, obviously Caitlin was looking for him and then they found him and then they discovered that there was this kind of ice persona and then they kind of put the story on pause for a long time. And uh, then Caitlin's mom comes back into the picture this episode and we find out that Icicle Sr. goes and grabs this kind of dodecahedron looking thing because he wants to use it to snowify or iceify or frostify, whatever you want to call it, uh, his entire family. He wants he he wants his family back and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so he gets his wife and he puts her in some sort of you know frozen chamber and uh, gets to work on doing you know OMG science. And there was a lot of OMG science, especially back and forth oh. between Caitlin and her mom. Oh man, it was <laughs> uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> at this point, the OMG science is just is is yeah. It's just like. What kind of ridiculous stuff can they talk about now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's fun though. It's super can, fun. Can figure yeah, a little like, do they really? T- I'm just curious, man. Do you think they like find like a science word generator and just type in things? I I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of like skim through scientific papers and just pick words that look cool. Yeah, that could be. It. I mean, it's super <laughs> science, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not. Look, I'm not bashing it. I, I realize. Yeah, you know, no. I mean, yeah. It's that. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it, I, I respect the 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 fact that they're actually, you know, looking at you know the these scientific <laughs> processes and then using them in these like really weird pseudo scientific non scientific ways. Like it's just kind of cool. They'll, they'll they'll like mention a process, like a natural scientific process in a way that it, it is by no means associated with. And that's just, just kind of cool that they're like, you know, oh, hey, this is something that's kind of, you know, absolute zero. And it's like, oh, yeah, this machine can make absolute zero. And it's like, ah, yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we do we do get a kind of, you know, despite Icicle Senior's uh, uh, struggles in trying to bring the family together in the most evil way, uh, his redemption ends up bringing the family back together. Caitlin gets a resolution to her father. 
Uh, and yes, I'm kind of fast tracking this here because there's bigger fish to fry in this episode, despite the fact that this really was the the meat and potatoes of this episode. And I got to say this, man, this is really kind of what bothered me a little bit about this particular storyline. Caitlin, I understand Caitlin's motivation in wanting to save her family, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I don't understand Killer Frost's motivation here. Why would she have a problem with her mom also getting a persona in a similar capacity that she got? You know what I mean? Like, isn't technically Killer Frost benefiting from uh, Icicle's endgame? I don't know. I think I think what it is is it, it feels to me kind of like Caitlyn bleeds over into Killer Frost a lot more than Killer Frost bleeds over into Caitlyn. I don't think there's any bleed. They, I mean, they they were very very specific, and they have like beat us over the head with this. These are two different personalities, two different personas existing in one body. Like Killer Frost is not Caitlyn. Caitlyn is not Killer Frost. It's not the way I would have gone with it. It's not the way that I would uh, have wanted it. But it is the way that it is, and they are very clear about that. No, no, no I, I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying is, is that it's it's like you know, if you you have a you have a friend that maybe like curses a lot or something like that, and you hang out with him for a while, and you start cursing a lot too. Maybe, oh, maybe influence. I see what you're saying. Yeah, something like that. Where where it's like you know, Caitlyn's. Uh, um, the emotions she was feeling around her mom. Killer Frost is watching all of this, right? She's watching this from the back of her head and they're seeing this kind of thing. And she's, and she's like, well, you know, obviously it's really important to Caitlin that her mom not, uh, be completely destroyed and replaced with a, uh, cold hearted murderer, you know? Huh? Well, all right. But see, is, is killer Frost a cold hearted murderer? Uh, icicle is, no, but yeah, but and yeah. and what Icicle is trying to do is make her Caitlyn's mom like him. Uh huh. Killer Frost is not like Icicle. Yeah, but why? Like, why couldn't like she was at one point, and then she kind of you know got religion, I guess, and then so why why couldn't he influence? Yeah, but like her dad is clearly not a bad guy. Like you know, at the very tail end, he's the one that like fights through and um, stops from killing Caitlyn because of the power of love. Yeah, I, I have no answers for you, honestly. It just it, it yeah. feels like it's 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 not the most thought out plot line. <laughs> well, but I do appreciate you like like stand, standing for the plot line because somebody should. I mean, the, when it when it all comes down to it, like I'm sure this speaks to a lot of folks. I've you know, Daniel Panabaker in particular has been very active this season on Twitter uh during the during the, the the broadcast. And it's been great because she's been interacting with fans and that sort of thing. And you know, out of out of a love and appreciation for the actress. You know, obviously I want her character to have good storylines. It's just, I can't get behind this. And I've always felt this has just been consistent throughout pretty much the course of the entire series that Caitlin has always been in this kind of uh, almost arrested development type state until she becomes the villain she's destined to be. She's just kind of there. And that's been, I think, the challenge that the writers have had. And so, unfortunately, I think that the the powers that be have made the mistake that because they don't because they they don't want to rush her to become a villain. I think now they're trying to just say no, she's a hero, and we've seen her trying to kind of fit into that role. But the problem is, we're talking about Killer Frost. That's what we're yeah. talking about, Killer Frost. And they keep on wanting to like tie in all these kind of villainous ties to her. Look, you either need to make her a villain. You need to drop the whole Killer Frost story altogether and just make her a completely different and new character, which to some extent you kind of already are, but just acknowledge that holistically, give her a new name, call her, I don't know, call her a citizen cold. You know what I mean? Like, like do something different 
if you're going to try to make her into a hero, make her into a hero. But if you're going to make her into a villain, you should have done that seasons ago. Like at yeah. this point, man, I I don't even care anymore, which is really frustrating because I really saw Caitlin having a cool arc of being a big bad in one, in one season and another. I mean, in the earliest days, we theorized about possibly her and Captain Cold and potentially other ice villains kind of having this interaction. But the family dynamic that they've come up with where it's kind of this internal multi-personality conflict I, it's just, it feels so weak to me and it just comes across as so flat, which is disappointing because again, amazing actress, uh, really, really uh, uh, fun characters from, from the comics. I'm someone who is very open to them taking characters in completely different directions and rechanging the way that we know the characters and the stories. I've always been a proponent of that. It's just that the story that they've chosen to tell with this particular character, it just doesn't work. I, and maybe that's just me, but well, it, it does not work for me making killer frost a villain solves a couple issues first off uh she could be she could be a a series long arc villain right and so we as opposed to having to put her on the sidelines several episodes to talk about where she can't though i mean like i think we're way way too late for that i mean maybe but like i'm just saying like it's it solves the problem of having too many accessory cast members and introducing a new villain you take away one of those ex you know extra cast members and make them the villain and yeah. i think she's set up perfectly i mean well maybe not perfectly now but she was set up perfectly to do that um and 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 now i, I just feel like she's too much of a fan favorite that they're just not going to go for that they're not going to be like no you can't everyone loves caitlin and, and and i like caitlin and and i you know i love daniel panabaker i think she does a great job with the character and everything given what she's given but like i would love to see her just embrace that villainous role because like when she plays killer frost it's really good she does a really yeah. good job oh that's that's exactly right she does a great job with the character it's just i mean i don't want to sound like a broken record but i mean like the reality is is that it would have been nice to see her become Killer Frost, take ownership of Killer Frost actions, do, you know what, I, I, I know it sounds weird, but do horrendous things. I want to see that. Like, I want to see a villain. I want her see, to see her kind of evolve into that villain. And yeah, by the end of whatever that season is, you can redeem her. You can pull her out in the same way that they pulled Icicle Senior out here. I mean, that dude killed a bunch of people, but we're not like, you know, like everybody's all hunky-dory at the end of it. So I've been well, like, no, you no, know, no, 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 no. Icicle killed a bunch of people. Uh, Thomas didn't kill anybody. This is Remember, they're two separate I people. That. I hate that. Yeah, I hate it. yeah I'm just saying. But anyway. I, I don't know. I, I will say this, though. Uh, the one scene, uh, the thing I, I really, really liked, uh, the, the whole Icicle family thing, uh, yes, nobody cares, but I, the, 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 the best part about that, in my opinion, was the scene where her and her mom were locked up in the thing, and you know, she's talking about, like, you know, what did I do to, to, to be treated like that? You know, mm. like to, to be, you know, uh, to be ignored by you and have all this like hatred vitriol spilled at me. And she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. I didn't abandon you. You're the one who went off to college way far away, took a job in an area that's, you know, not even the same zip code, uh, you know, as me or whatever. And married a guy that I didn't even meet. Yeah, that, that was a good. That was a good one. That was a great one. <laughs> and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, I, I remember all the time it's like, wow, Caitlin's mom is such a, you know witch and uh <laughs> and, and, and all these things like gosh why is she so mean to her and then when she says that and you see it from her perspective you're like oh right wow right. and i i thought that was just a really really good uh a good way to handle that and i'm glad they did that and i, th- I think that was uh for me at least the redeeming portion of that whole you know snowpocalypse that we had <laughs> this episode <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really good. No, there was some great moments in there. Honestly, there was some fantastic acting throughout the entire episode. There was some cheesy moments to be sure uh, as we kind of got deeper and deeper into the snowpack. But uh, in terms of kind of the the family drama, that was on full display all throughout this episode, not just in the kind of the, the snow plot, but of course in this fantastic, fantastic B-plot that was going on with the West Allen family. I mean, we start off on this argument like this like head to head like duking it out bash between iris and barry and it is kind of like you're you do almost kind of like feel like mom dad please stop fighting <laughs> you know what i mean like it was intense who did you side with i gotta i gotta know both i'm a hundred percent like again i'm a little bit more uh so B- barry is wrong for the right reasons and Iris is right for the right, wrong for the right reasons. I think that's no, Barry's that's right, right for the wrong reasons. The wrong Iris reasons. is wrong for the right reasons. Basically, here's the thing. What Barry did was correct. The way in which he did it was wrong. And what Iris is basically trying to communicate is essentially that ish. Like it, she's never saying a hundred percent that he shouldn't have done what he did. What what's clear is that she did not like the way in which he handled that. And what right. Barry does not seem to want to do is at that in the midst of that argument is acknowledge the fact that like, you know, he's just so high and mighty on the fact that he made the right call because again, he kind of justifiably did. Now I, I don't know that he handled it the right way. I and mean, that's therein lies the, the, the issue here, but no, Iris is absolutely right. Like he just ripped their daughter and sent her back to the future. Didn't consult with her. Like didn't talk about it. Didn't give her a chance to say goodbye. And again, I understand why Barry did that. He understands, like he knows that Thawne is manipulating everything around him. And oh my gosh, man, this episode, mm-hmm. we got to see a, like, I, I, you know, the plan's not done yet. We know the plan's not done yet, but man, we got to see a major piece fall into place that explains a lot about and what his motivations have been. I think it might be the first time where his entire manipulation of Nora got out of his out of his control. Yeah. Okay, hang on, hold that thought because okay. I want to get there. I yeah, yeah. Get we'll, we'll there. get there. We'll get there. But so uh, Iris, Iris is dealing because that's the thing. The family drama in here, I think, is palpable. It's really, really oh, yeah. good. I, Iris, you know, ultimately, she's she's not wrong. There is no way that she is wrong. In fact, she's right in the way that Barry, you know did not handle this well from a, from a marital, you know, team standpoint standpoint. Uh, however, because she was kind of put in this impossible situation, she's got this mindset. She's going to go and she's going to bring their daughter back. And, uh, you know, Ralph ends up tagging along because Ralph's in this series and we needed for him to do something. Um, and so Ralph and Iris go to the future and, I loved that, man. Like when they teased that out last episode, I was really, really excited for it because I was like, yes, she is. Like, that's exactly what Iris is going to do. She's going to go in. Yeah. And what's hilarious is I remember we were talking about this last week on the podcast where like I hadn't seen the preview for the next week and you had. And you said like Iris does something with the thing. And like that was enough for me to just postulate. (laughs) Oh, okay. So Iris is going to take the time capsule, go to the future. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. one way or the other, she goes to the future, which is awesome. Um, she goes, she attempts to, uh, to find, you know, th- there, there is kind of a question of like, how did she know exactly where to go? But you know, it's fine. She knew, she knew that Eobard was on death row. She knew where he was going to be kept. It, it makes sense that she would, uh, nor would go back to him from that standpoint. Um, and we get a chance to see Ralph use his morphing abilities again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I really love it 
when Ralph Morrison to other characters, because I I'd love to see actors act and like it's so cool to me to see a completely different human being. You know, because because obviously Ralph, it, 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 the character of Ralph is being played by an actor, and then there's that character of Ralph in the body of another character that's being played by another actor and then that actor has to act like <laughs> it's just it's i i love seeing that because I, I you know it's it's so weird because you just you see even though they're they're wearing a different body you can still see that character in the mannerisms and how they say things yeah i i just i i love it every time every time ralph does that yeah it's it's a fun uh it's a fun way to uh you know to to you know, have fun with a character and have a lot of people different play it. I, I remember, man, a long time ago, gosh, a long time ago, I was part of a uh, audio drama that was called uh, Geek by Night. Oh, I remember Geek by Night. Yeah. So in that series, one of the characters had the ability to enter into the bodies of other people. Like if she looked at them in their eyes, she would essentially like control their their body. And I played the boyfriend of this particular character and her big, that that the big character arc or the big episode that was really her uh, kind of first uh, character centric episode, she was in the body of her boyfriend, the guy, the, the character that I played. So the majority of my lines for that entire series was actually playing a different character in the body of the character that I was playing. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, uh, but yeah, man. So, uh, so yeah, always, always fun to see, uh, that, that, uh, trope being used. Ultimately Iris goes, she meets with Nora. She sees Nora kind of starting to break down and she starts to engage with Eobard. Now, man, when Iris is in there with Eobard, what, what, what were you thinking? What were you feeling about that? Oh, I was like, you know, Eobard just got in between Mama Bear and her cubs. It's like I don't, I don't think a, a you know, piece of plexiglass is going to help him much. <laughs> There's a point to that. Now, here's the thing: like, it, it is awesome seeing Iris, you know, standing down Eobard for sure. But here's the deal, dude: like, the fact that he doesn't have, he clearly doesn't have access to his speed or at least so far as we know, or at least not up until this episode, mm-hmm. he's not had access to his speed. Uh, he seems fairly powerless except for one thing, which is his major weapon. And that is his words. Like his entire weapon throughout this season has been the way in which he's been manipulating people. His we intellect. know for a fact. Yeah. And he's got knowledge of everything. He, he, we know for a fact he's been manipulating Nora. We know, or at least we we can strongly assume that at this point, because Barry's been in that room, he's now manipulating Barry. Like, yeah. do, doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter that Barry goes in there thinking that that he's got it all figured out. That's what I, Eobard wants you to think, dude. Like, he is manipulating everyone. And so the fact, the longer that Iris stayed in that room after Nora left, I was like, what are you doing, Iris? Get out of there. Yeah. Stop talking to him. Like, there's nothing good that can come from this. Just, and I think, the, yeah, like the things that he was saying while he was behind the glass and like, you know, uh, basically agreeing with Nora. And they, when she made, you know, the realization saying, oh, I think he cares about her, like that kind of stuff. You're just like, oh, it's you, you can feel his his, you know, <laughs> fingernails just in them, you know. Well, and so that's the thing, right? When she was saying that, you know, the way that he would talk about it, you you feel like like he actually cared about her. Go back to season one when Eobard is confessing to Barry. He tells him, I I grew fond of you. Like he, he acknowledges the fact that even though he hated the Flash... He because he watched him grow up because he raised you know he, he trained him and and kind of went through this process with them. He began to get this affection for them, but it was this very like manipulative affection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was 
it was sincere in an, only the way that somebody like Eobard would see it as sincere. It, it's it's and, like a, it's like a narcissist, like a, a narcissist. Uh, it, when they have like a relationship with a person, it, it's always to the benefit of the narcissist, and they'll manipulate yeah. you, and they'll they'll like you know show shower you with affection and things like that. But it's always ultimately to make themselves feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Like I, I do, I, I think that what Iris is getting at is that for one thing, we've seen this before. Um, now I don't know if she she's I don't know that she's acknowledging this, but but I think that what she has noticed is something that we've seen before. But the difference is that while before Eobard grew attached to Barry as he was like raising up his nemesis, now he's raising up his revenge, like the ultimate revenge, turning his daughter, like stealing his child and making and you know this. So I think he does have some affection in that way. Because just killing Nora again, so to speak, uh, while brutal, it's so much worse to turn her oh, to yeah. the dark side. And so to, to uh, have man, her kill him, oh, that yeah. that would be like the ultimate. I don't even know. I think that might be too fast for you, Bard. I think that that he's he's after something. You know, I think he's after after a protege. I think he's after creating the new Reverse Flash. Sure, sure, and and I mean, you know, ultimately. Uh, like, I don't think he wants her to immediately go kill Barry. No, I mean, he, yeah, her being his protege would be a, uh, uh, the, it's kind of like, you know, how Bane broke the Batman, right? Mm. You know, he releases all these different prisoners and fights, Batman fights constantly. And then finally, you know, Bane deals the coup de gras. In this case, the coup de gras would be like, you know, him fighting Nora and, and then Nora ultimately, you know, breaking his back. Over yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we've seen we've seen that before. But anyway, that's the thing. So we, we're getting kind of these echoes of the past throughout this episode. Um, we get finally, man, this confirmation of the negative speed force. And we actually we got a lot of props on on social media because people are like, oh, y'all called this like forever ago. And and to be clear, we've talked about this for a long time, but this is a this is not a concept that we came up with. We've always been referencing the comics and the source material. And so what we have been longing for is for them to kind of tap into the source material from this standpoint. And we've been, you know, kind of hoping that they would go this route. And it, it finally, here we are, like when he said negative at the end of, you know, or the side effects are effective or negative or this, you know, the, uh, it'll take you into a negative place or something like that. I was just cheering, man. I yeah. mean, hands up in the air doing the happy dance. You know, it was, it was great. Yeah. Oh man. It's just, it's, and and it's and it, and it also answered the question that I had of last week when Barry was like, "If you go into the Speed Force, I'll know." Uh, thinking that that was like just like a dad move, kind of like you know, mm-hmm. yeah. No. But nope. Apparently, well, apparently, like maybe just now he knows because he once he knows that she can go through the Speed Force, he can like feel it, I guess, and attune himself to know. Whereas previously, when she came back, all those other times, he never felt anything. Well, I mean, he might not have known what to feel. I mean, like you're saying, he wasn't attuned to it. Now, now he knows what I guess that feeling is like. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I loved it, man. I love the fact that you know Eobard, you know, is like owned up to kind of the this creation of the negative speed force is kind of the the way in which he was able to achieve his speed. Um, you know, training Nora into the negative speed force, kind of giving her that dark side training, a twist, a corruption, a perversion of what we've seen before in terms of his training, not just of her, but also of Barry. And then ultimately, man, her lightning going from yellow to red, still maintaining, by the way, that purple. And again, some people will just say, okay, it's rule of cool. It's maintaining that aesthetic that we've seen before from Nora and that kind of 
purpleness. Uh, I think that that kind of welcoming relationship, that kind of accepting of is what we're seeing. If Barry is the speed force, Eobard is the negative speed force. And so there is kind of a connecting kind of an allowance, right? Like a, you're not, you're not the one, you're not, not the one that's like creating this per se, or you're not the existing embodiment of the negative speed force, but the negative speed force sees you and welcomes you and accepts you. And I think that there's something very, very dark and sinister about the fact that we still see the purple as part of her lightning. I don't, I would say it's, it's, it's a sinister thing and, and, and dark. I think it's more of like, that is the key to her redemption is going to be Iris. And that like Iris is like, if, 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 oh, okay, if okay. all of her lightning had changed, but you notice it's just Barry, right? Cause like you said, Eobard yeah, is the reverse yeah. speed force. Barry is a speed force. Well, what I was thinking when she was running in there, I was like, well, I wonder what's going to happen to Iris's lightning. And there, there is no reverse Iris speedster, right? Um, so <laughs> right. I feel like that Iris's link to the speed force is still with her. Interesting. I like that idea. And so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if this, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know if it means that Iris is going to get powers again at some point um, and, 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 you know, help her with that. But I feel like that's that's important and that's kind of crucial to Nora getting back and cleansing herself of the reverse speed force and uh, becoming uh, attuned to the real speed force. That's fantastic. No, that that's a really cool concept that the purple actually has more to do with not just in general relationship to the speed force, but specifically Iris being kind of that. Uh, you know, the lightning rod for Barry. And so having a unique relationship to the speed force that no other non-speedster would have. Yeah. And like you say, that that immediate connection that in the end, maybe it's not going to be Barry's opening up his heart, you know, pep talk that saves the day this time. Maybe it's actually going to be Iris. Well, yeah, um, I, I think that's kind of poetic too, because the whole thing was, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, Nora wanted to go see her dad. She's all obsessed about her dad and her mom was always just this pain in the butt and she didn't like her and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, essentially like, you know, never meet your heroes, right? She comes back and she met him and he ditched her in the future. And she's been disappointed by like, you know, oh, he, you know, he wasn't everything that I saw. He was in the flash museum. He made mistakes, all these kind of things. And whereas, whereas her mom, her opinion had had already been made up about her. And so I I think that's going to be the the kind of difference where it's going to be Iris who, uh, who, who saves her and, uh, and it's going to be, you know, her opinion of Iris is going to, I mean, it already has changed, but it's, it's going to be that. I think that's, uh, it's going to be fundamental in her being won back over to the side of good. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that, that plan out that way. Now, you know, we've got, uh, uh, just a few more episodes for everything to kind of all resolve itself. We did in this episode at the very tail end, get kid Kata coming back on the scene, uh, stealing her younger self. You know, it is interesting because while it's concerning, there's also kind of a safety feature in that it is her future self that kidnapped her past self. Uh, as Joe even mentioned, you know, I don't even know that there's a police code for kidnapping yourself, <laughs> uh, which is great. And so, you know, the other thing too is that Kid Kata, not only did she kidnap herself, she also got the dodecahedron, which was weird, right? Yeah. Um, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, can we just not have Kid Kata in here and just, I don't know, solve that problem, but... <laughs> well, I tell you what, man, we're going to try to solve this problem right now. And a little something we like to call speedster speculation. What exactly is Kid Kata's plan? Because like, you know, we saw the dodecahedron. They talked about it. It's all seemingly linked to cold, right? 
Yeah, but I mean, I okay. Can, can I just explain my problem with everything right now? Like, like literally everything. Well, my my problem with with uh, with Kid Kata and all of this stuff, because because okay. it seems after this episode, it's pretty evident in my mind what Eobard was trying to do. Um, well, we we at least so this. I mean, I I don't want to necessarily spoil anything, but if you look at episode titles, suffice to say, we can probably assume that next week is going to be more of the Kid Kata story, and then the following week is probably going to be when we pick up with uh, Reverse Excess. Okay, because I haven't, I, I, I don't, I don't look at that kind of stuff because a lot of times you. Know, it's just the episode title. I don't. I'm not going off of anything. Other, I didn't even see the preview for next week, so I'm just going strictly off of the episode titles. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It seems like to me, you know, with with Barry gone, similar to how when before Barry existed, when Ian Barb was back in time, he he didn't he lost his connection to the Speed Force, right? Right. Right. Well, yeah. XS has a connection to the Speed Force. It was dampened, so there was no Speed Force energy for Eobard to consume. Right. Right. Um, with excess channeling into the reverse speed force, it's now going to repower uh, Eobard. I, I kind of feel like maybe that's that's where he was going with that. Well, so in order, to, uh, we we don't fully understand or know what his deal is. Um, I'm hoping that we get that <laughs> before the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but regardless, we we don't necessarily know that yet. But he doesn't need somebody to generate negative speed force. The negative speed force can only exist when someone has generated enough speed force for the negative speed force to kind of eat off of, to kind of consume. And from that standpoint, for the longest time, there hasn't been anybody until he started training Nora. So Nora is kind of a unique ability in that she's able to both generate speed force as well as consume it and, and turn it into negative speed force. Right. But, but that's what I'm saying is like, you know, that's why I think his plan was to train her and was to get her to um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just know, like, I feel like since there wasn't a speedster since Barry disappeared, Eobard has lost his link uh, to the reverse speed force until Nora came mm-hmm. along. And that's why he's training him. And he's like, oh, this is a, this is an opportunity for me to a get my powers back. B corrupt Barry's daughter, which would be an awesome like diss to him. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And so, like, previously, I was trying to think, OK, why is Eobard concerned with cicada and now it feels like cicada is just just an excuse it doesn't matter the, the only thing that was important was getting nora in front of eobard so that she could train him oh interesting yeah so it was almost as if uh you know so like you say just an excuse he starts getting nora in there they start messing with the timeline until something went awry and then that just it was like okay well this is the project we're going to work on together yeah and don't tell your dad and everything it, and then when because he was the one that sent we're, we're still i guess that's not true i was assuming that eobard sent kid kata back in time but i think the general consensus is that she actually did that of her own with the time pod yeah 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 and, and so like she's that's the variable interesting yeah and that that's why that's why I, I i don't know now how she plugs in i thought maybe it had something to do with the dagger and the dagger was threatening eobard somehow and so he needed to solve that problem in order to do something i don't know uh, and, and now it just, it just seems like she's even less, well, I said Kid Kata, uh, Kid Kata specifically cause Cicada's dead. Yeah. So, so, so Kid Kata is, is even less of a variable now. And it just, it, it just happens to be that, oh yeah, well, you know, maybe one day Barry's daughter will come up to me. And since there's just one case that hadn't solved yet, I'll kind of like, you know, dupe her into making her think I'm helping her to solve this case that really has no effect on me whatsoever, uh, except for to get her to, uh, connect with the reverse speed force and stuff and so like now i just i don't i don't i thought mm-hmm. eobard and kid kata were linked i don't think they are anymore and in that yeah. in my mind makes the kid kata story even less interesting 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's, it is any kind of variables to the timeline I actually find interesting, but I will say that you're right. Uh, when you lay it out like that, it's pretty clear that that is exactly what, what went down. But, but yeah, so I mean like, and, and I don't know, like I was hoping that there'd be some kind of connection between, uh, Kid Kata and Eovar that would be really interesting and, and really, uh, you know, unique and whatnot and, and make, uh, make this whole cicada bore, uh, as uh, in my opinion, that's just what it's become now is it's, I'm kind of like, I just, I don't, I don't care anymore because you've given me Eobard. And so if you want to make me care about it, <laughs> link Eobard with Cicada and, and, and Kid Cicada. And they, and they, uh, right now, in my opinion, they haven't done that. It just, it feels like it's just, oh yeah, Cicada, uh, Eobard, I'll help. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, but now it just feels like the only reason he was doing that was to get her to connect to their reverse speed force. And so I just, I don't care anymore about, about Cicada unless they can tie it into Eobard in some way. That's, that's really interesting. I just don't care about Cicada anymore. You know, uh, Terrence Pittman in the uh, comments is, is saying that maybe Kid Kata is trying to put Grace in stasis until there's a technology to wake her up in the future. No, I, I um, yeah, I, that's that's exactly what I was thinking is that she's going to cryo-freeze kid, uh, the, the child Grace. She's going to cryo-freeze Grace so that she can fix her in the future. But again, I just don't care because I don't like I don't know how that ties into Eobar. Well, like, but this is what I'm saying. Don't write her off too quick. Don't write her off too quick. And I, and I hear you, man, because th- this is something that we've seen happen a lot of times with previous seasons as well. There's a lot of different story threads that are out there. And, you know, the, the, the thought process is that they will all interweave back into each other or that they'll go off and kind of set the course for maybe something down the line. Um, you know, we saw the way that Nora was introduced last season was one of those threads that was just kind of out there, but then ultimately paid off in this season. And I like that kind of thing. But when the big bad is kind of presented as Cicada and then he's not the big bad because Eobard's the big bad. Cicada is now dead. And so now we're dealing with kid Cicada. She just becomes another one of those kind of, you know, snowpack type of B storylines that you're not really sure how it all kind of fits in. But my guess is man, that it probably will fit in. My guess is that whatever's going on with grace, like Nora is going to come back different after her experience with the negative speed force, whoever she becomes is going to be different. And the way in which she returns to the present is going to be different as well. She may go in with this mindset of, I'm going to go kill grace and just deal with this problem right here. And now, like I'm going to, I'm going to fix. Cause for one thing, this is a variable in the timeline that was never supposed to happen. Oh, you, think, you know what I mean? No, dude, I, I think Nora at this point doesn't care about grace. She she's mad at her dad. Every single one of those, um, uh, you know, flashbacks and whatever that it was showing. Did, did, was Cicada even featured in any of those? I don't even remember. Well, no, no, no. Cicada is not a motivating factor for why she did what she did. But what I'm saying is that once she returns to the present, because all right. So again, getting back to Eobard, regardless of what he has been trying to do, we have seen that there has been this variable, this new timeline that's trying to fight its way through. And it's something that seemed to, and I think that we can probably like trust this it threw him off. So Eobard is going to want that variable dealt with. And so I could easily see him sending Nora or reverse XS or whatever you want to call her to go and like, like off grace, like to get, like to get things back on track or to do some, I just, I have a feeling that because this variable has been created, it's going to mean something for Eobard. Either he wants this gone or he's going to use this as a means of cre- recreating himself. Why does it have to be Cicada versus any other character? 
probably doesn't have to, to be honest with you. But regardless, that's that is the variable that I think I think that's how it's going to play out. I, yeah, I mean, they we've seen in Nora's memory the timeline being different with Cicada coming back when he didn't originally, and we've seen the new newspaper popping through. Those are the only two instances or indications that yes, there's a new timeline that's popping through, but we've never had Eobard give any sort of indication or you know reasoning behind why this is bad aside from it's just why, a new why timeline do you think, like so do you presume bell that Nora is going to return to the present yeah yeah so what do you think she's going to do when she gets there i i think she's going to get mad at her dad and i think there's going to be a uh, a nora berry fight there probably is but like to what end like, do you think that she wants to kill her father? I think she wants, and this is a very weird roundabout way for her to, to illustrate this, is to show yeah. her, or to show her, uh, uh, Nora's dad, show Barry, that, uh, you know, he was wrong to do those things that he did. He was wrong to, to leave her in the future. All she wanted to do was this, and by her fighting him and her probably nearly killing him and her giving some kind of monologue to the extent of like, all I wanted to do was help. And this is how you repay me. And you didn't even trust me and blah, 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 blah. blah. And he's going to be like, ah, and he's going to do that. Like dad look when like, you know, when, when you catch yourself in your own kind of like misstep, he's be like, see, you know, I did that because I didn't trust you. And now you came back in time and you kicked the crap out of me. I, I, I see dad's been thinking and she's going to be like, Oh man. Yeah. But what's really <laughs> going to bend your mind later is would you have even broken if I haven't said anything? Exactly. Right. So, you know, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole deal there. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I think there's, yeah, there, there's going to be, there's going to be stuff in there. She's going to come back, but it's, it's focused on Barry. I don't see how anything, un, unless she's going to go back and be like, see, I beat cicada dad. I did it. And you know, you were dumb to not trust me kind of thing. I, I just think there's more at play than we realize. For one thing, nothing seems to make sense. But I think the fact that nothing seems to make sense is an indication that it's all going to make sense. Like, why would Cicada, Kid Cicada, steal the dodecahedron that has to do with cold powers? Like, why would she do that? Unless she's trying to, uh, like, reverse engineer it, which I don't get the sense that that's something that she would do. Because she's trying to uh, put her put her, her coma self in stasis so that... She'll be she safe needs a protected. Okay. Yeah. She, she. Yeah. She's gonna like. It's gonna be at like cold stasis, like cryostasis. Like that's. I mean, I, I feel like that's that's where it's gonna go. What I I just I don't see like there, there haven't even been red herrings and stuff to to indicate what Eobard's connection to Kid Kata is. I mean, ha, just, yeah, you gotta wait for it, man. Just wait for it. But there's not that many episodes left. Like, like I like yeah. I, I'm like you. I agree. I like the cool things like where there's where there's, you know, uh, we have these threads here that kind of just do they do they just trail off into nothing or do they come back next season kind of thing. But what indication at all have we had that Cicada and Eobard or Cicada's part of Eobard's plan have we had? Like nothing, not not even a not even a hint, not even like a. Yeah. It's because there's too many stories that they've been trying. Like that's the thing, man. There's too many threads, and and the way that it ends up playing out is we get you know one episode that's really focused on one, one another episode that's really focused on one, and then another episode that's really focused on one, and then we break for a month, and then we come back and we pick up on one of those, and then we get another one, and then we go back to that other one, and then they kind of cram in this other one that you probably forgot about. The entire structure is is kind of off from that standpoint. Yeah. I would be very curious to go back and binge watch this season. 
to see if it actually flows a little bit better from that standpoint. But who knows? Yeah. But anyway, man, we got, we got some great listener feedback we need to jump into. Okay. But um, let us know your thoughts. Are you feeling? Are you feeling like Bell? Are you done with Kid Kata? Uh, are you feeling like me? Are you done with Snowpack? And uh, overall, where are you thinking about where Nora's going to go? Because when it all comes down to it, that's what we care about the most. Yeah. Is what's uh, what's going to happen with Eobard and Nora? So uh, let us know your thoughts. We'd love to get them. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Chad Rook, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, we got some great listener feedback in. Uh, let's see. The first one is from Will K. What did Will K have to say? I don't know who to give credit to, but someone floated around the, the the desire that Nora had to come back as a teenager. As much as I love Parker Kennedy in the role, a teen speedster would be fun and force the young West Allen family to really parent. You can't abandon a 16-year-old in the middle of a town square at night, Barry. Uh, <laughs> you spoke a bit about a speedster's temptation to time travel to visit deceased loved ones. We all like to imagine if we had time machine or if we had a time machine, what we do. Uh whether or not we do what we see in movies, meet our parents in high school, prevent the death of Lincoln or MLK, or invest in Amazon stock. But what would a teenager do? How long before she starts correcting minor problems in her life? The test she failed. Goes back in time, retakes the exam, knowing the answers. Uh, that embarrassing wardrobe malfunction at the pool. Uh, decides to wear the one piece. <laughs> the, the big fight with with best friend forever. Uh, uh, never happens in this time, uh, says... Uh, Never happens at this time. Nora says no when the BFF's ex boyfriend asks her out. Uh, (laughs) Who could resist a perfect life with no regrets? A day in the life of a teenage speedster would make for an intriguing filler episode. I realize the Flash viewers would prefer to see Barry in costume 45 minutes an episode fighting other costume metas, uh, but sometimes you have to give the viewers what they need, not what they want. Actually, you know what, William? I completely agree with you. I think that'd be absolutely super freaking cool. Uh, in a similar way to how we saw like, you know, Barry try and go and fix things. And, they, and they've done this in a couple other shows, like in Legends of Tomorrow, they did a similar kind of thing where uh, they uh, 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 Constantine messes up time and they have to go back and try to fix things and they just make it worse and worse and worse. And, and in the same way how we saw, you know, Nora screw up the timeline and everybody died and she tried to fix it that way. Uh, I think an episode that's less like severe in the episode where everybody dies and more like fun. And then Barry can kind of come in, in the whole John Wesley ship style role and be like, Hey, remember the cup it's broken. Uh, and, and, and kind of give that lesson there. Uh, granted the, the everybody dies episode is, was way more dramatic way to, to give that lesson. But I think, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see, her day-to-day kind of like changing time and then you know something weird happens like her hair is frizzy now and she doesn't like it barry's like well you know you can't go back and start changing stuff because this is what happens (laughs) i think that'd be really neat uh you know so here's something that i really kind of find interesting like i love the concept of dealing like stories that could surround a speedster teenager i don't want it to be Nora though because i think it would negate a lot of what this season has been plus it would be an updated version of Nora because obviously back then she didn't have the, you know, the time traveling ability. I would say here's kind of what, what if you basically did kind of these types of stories, but instead you actually had like, uh, like a kid, Jay Garrick, like Jay as a teenager. So basically his, his father's doppelganger gets, you know, the speed force at a young age. We kind of tweak his origin story a bit, which we've already done colossally (laughs) in this show. And so we actually get a kid version of Jay Garrick uh, who Barry then has to train. And so he's like raising up his dad, so to speak, 
Um, and we actually get a flash and a teenager interaction, which we never really got with kid flash. And we're certainly not getting here with Nora. Um, there's a, there's a similar di- you know, dynamic from that standpoint, but yeah, I, I do. I, I love the concept. Well, I really do, yeah. but I, I, I would just say not Nora, someone else. What about Bart, Bart? Maybe? Yeah. Bart. I think Bart yeah. would be the perfect, uh, answer for that. I mean, in many respects, Nora has kind of facilitated the role of Bart Allen, but yeah, no, I think that'd be, that'd be great. Um, shoot, actually that would be Nora's kid, right? So like Nora, after frustration in the future of like raising her kid, she's like, dad, I can't handle it. You take the kid for a little while, (laughs) dropping the kids off at the past. And and she's going, you know, to, uh, you know, to Europe for a little while or something, you know what I mean? Like just, uh, taking a little break and, uh, and having, you know, sending them to the grandparents. That'd be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> all right good stuff uh also next up man we got this one's from uh, gabriel cora what did uh, gabriel i'm sorry uh gabriel well let me say gabriella this gabriella sorry about that um all right man next up this next one's from gabriella c what did gabriella have to say hey guys love the show so i was doing a rewatch and the accelerated man showed up and his lightning is purple i had totally forgotten about him and now i was thinking about uh all we're getting uh, on all the lightning colors and stuff Nora and Iris are the only two speedsters to have that color so far. We got pretty much every other speedster being either red or yellow or death blue. You guys think I speculated about it being a familiar connection to the speed force or something like that, right? Uh, Not necessarily impure anything. So with that knowledge, would that mean that the accelerated man is a speedster's kid or married to one? Or even in a similar fashion to uh, similar fashion, his partner was the speedster, but died and he got to keep the powers. Ooh, hmm, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there's no real way to know yet, but I just wanted to keep the thought in your mind since I wouldn't stop thinking about it. Bye. Yeah, that's that's I, you know, that's good. When, when we, yeah. <laughs> that's when really we talk good. about uh, the, the colors, the, the, the speed force colors, uh, you know, the other episode, I in my head, I was sitting there like it popped up for a second. And I was like, I wonder what color accelerated man was. And I couldn't remember. Well, so here's the thing. Cause I remember this when we kind of first had this conversation a while back, probably when Iris got her, you know, became a speedster for an episode. We, we discussed like the different concepts around purple. And a lot of people wrote in saying, well, what about accelerated man? And I go back to that episode. And for one thing, it's a different earth. And when they shoot different earths, you get kind of this different color palette and stuff. Suffice to say that that was something that was brought up several times. But a lot of times when they shoot the different earths, they get the different filters. And it's kind of hard to see. I always thought it was white as opposed to purple. But one way or the other, who knows? He might have a completely separate origin story devoid of speed force whatsoever. I hope we get the opportunity to find out. I hope we get to revisit either that Earth or that speedster. I hope that we get to visit a lot more speedsters from a lot more Earths. And as the series goes on, I can imagine that's going to be the case. But man, uh, this episode cannot go on anymore. I don't know if folks at home can hear, but uh, my kids are reaching that breaking point. So I need to go back and uh, help my wife. Uh, before she runs to the past and pulls me out of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, of course, you can keep up with us throughout the week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Flash TV Talk. You can also follow our personal accounts as well at The Real Bill York and at Ring That Bell. Uh, You can also email us at flash at potisteri.com. And for the latest news, daily discussions, and live episodes, be sure to check us out at facebook.com slash flash TV Talk. Special shout out to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. Big shout out to tvtalk.fm for all your TV talking needs. Until next time, guys, we'll be back in a flash.
Um, all right, man. So Thrones TV Talk. Let's get this done. Episode two came out. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I think a lot of people are going to die next episode. Yeah, yeah, like everyone. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much, pretty much everybody who had a heartfelt reunion or like you know a uh, scene where uh, they get to say their final thing or you know, basically it's like you know, Brian got knighted, she's dead. Um, yeah, exactly. Her story's done. Yeah, Finn, so, bye. so rest in peace. Yeah, she's done. Um, which I, which was different because I I thought that Cersei was going to kill Brienne and that was going was and that was going to be the uh thing that was going to cause jamie to kill cersei uh because i'm still pretty certain that jamie's going to kill cersei uh, she's going to die in Tormund's arms and it's going to make him go berserker and then he's going to die yeah yeah so I'm, i I think Torben's going to die i think brand's going to die i think i think davos yeah yeah i feel like Tyrion's going to die so here's the thing yes but no probably not yes yeah, he can't die this early on he's got to be there to deal with Cersei, right like it's well, well here, here's my reasoning right like uh uh you got all these all these women and children and all the vulnerable people they're putting them in the only place in winterfell that's already full of dead body corpses yeah like the most dangerous place. like uh, why why was no one like uh hey you know shouldn't we like not put them where all the corpses are and shouldn't we like burn all the corpses in the crypt like i know i know they're your ancestors and like yeah sure but do you want all these dead people coming back up like that that should have been the first thing they addressed like i don't know why they didn't think about that john yeah. that's the first thing that he said it's like no we can't well so here's the deal. My my thought, I, I don't think it's that bad of a move because it's the most fortified place in the fortress. And if if the dead get there and in the range to be able to do that, then they've already lost anyway. I you know what I mean? What is the range on on his raising? We don't know for sure. I mean, at Hartholm, he was like right up on the dudes, but like yeah. what if, what if, what if he just flies over Winterfell and just raises his arms? And then that you know, the, the proximity is close enough. If it's just the Night King flying over, raising his arms, raises the dead inside uh inside Winterfell. I do think that there is very much kind of like a, uh, like a, everybody's going into this with a death wish. They all think they're going to die. I loved actually Tyrion saying, I think we're going to live. It's when he said that, that's what I was like, Tyrion's going to die. Yeah. They're going to kill Tyrion next episode. Everybody else lives but Tyrion. That would be a huge upset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I think that there is kind of this mindset of like, this is all we've got. This is what it is. Either we get through this and we live or we like literally everyone dies. So what do they have to lose by, you know, trying the best they can i mean I, I get it it's definitely flawed and i you know hope that we do get to see some uh you know some some raising of the corpses i don't think the night king is going to raise anybody though because i don't think the night king is there well where would you think he is i think he's down at king's landing you think he's going i think the yeah i think what we're going to end up seeing is this whole like perfect little plan of like okay well brand's the bait and we're going to sit him right here next to the guy that nobody should trust uh, you know, we're going to put him in, in here and we're going to pull out the Night King and it's going to be great. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. I think that by the end of it, they live just barely or they kind of get down to it and they realize that like the Night King wasn't even there. Hard cut to King's Landing and the Night King flying over King's Landing with his ice dragon and a whole lot more dead people that he gathered along the way. So he's just he's basically like putting a, a force at Winterfell to kind of keep them content while he goes around Winterfell. And yeah, I think he's going to flank him. I think that's the whole like instead of like cutting from the north down, I think he's going to go, you know, north and south at the same time. That would be interesting. notwithstanding. That would be interesting. Yeah. So so would that force Cersei out of King's? Well, I mean, where would she go? Like, because there, there's there's got to be a a confrontation between Danny and Cersei. 
She's got wildfire. Like her big, like think about like the way, like her, her weapons right now are dragon killers and wildfire. So I can see King and also the golden company. So the idea is that instead of, you know, up, up North, we're getting the, you know, Winterfell and the Starks versus the dead. And down South, we're getting Cersei and the golden company versus the dead. And who knows, maybe they end up all at the, uh, you know, at the Trident. Uh, and, and that's where they make their last stand or, you know, maybe in the very tail end, Cersei's like down to her last, you know, people, they're all getting raised left and right. And then the heroes up North come in as the cavalry and it all goes down. And when it's all said and done, everybody dies. Literally everybody dies. I just have a feeling that we're going to see the night King sitting on the iron throne. I, yeah, I, I have, I have a feeling that it's, uh, Maybe not not sitting on the Iron Throne, but just like the entire Westeros is destroyed. Like I have two ideas, right? I think it's going to be either like the, it, it's all a time loop thing with Bran and uh, Bran. I'm not so sure about that anymore, though. Bran, yeah, I don't know. Bran's going to he's going to defeat the Night King, uh, build the wall again, and then the time loop starts over. And so like basically <laughs> in 10,000 years or however long it was in the future, uh they will be instead of talking like 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 right now the Starks talked about the original brand the builder. Well, the Starks ten thousand years in the future will talk about brand three eyed Raven brand brand the builder. But it's basically the same kind of thing. It just it just cycles over and over and over and over again. I gotta tell you, I I was very when they kind of gave the explanation as to why the Night King wanted to wipe out Bran, and it's like oh he wants to wipe out everything, and you have the knowledge of everything, so he wants to do that. I'm like, that's lame. That's really lame. And like the fact that they made like Sam kind of wax poetic about it confirms for me like, no, this is actually true. This isn't like a bait and switch type deal. This is the writers trying to like justify this really lame decision. Because uh, if, if Sam talks about how beautiful it is, then then it's it's not it's not very, you know, it's pretty shallow. Well, yeah. So I don't I don't Night, Night King wants everybody again. dying, right? He wants to. He just wants everybody dead. To- but why if. Why, why prioritize Bran over anybody else then? Just because Bran represents all knowledge? That seems a little too cerebral for the Night King. Well, I, no, I, I think it's, it's the Three-Eyed Raven is, the, is, is basically what prevents the Endless Night from happening. That I agree, but I think that in the books, I, I think that the final books, if we ever get them, and I really hope we do, I think the, the end game is going to be very, very different. Than what we're seeing on the TV yeah, show, so. and I think the role of the Three Eye Raven in the books is nothing like what it what it's being displayed as here. Yeah, maybe I could be wrong. I'm just saying that I think that's yeah. probably the case. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, the Night King wants to destroy Bran because Bran is the Three Eyed Raven, and Three Eyed Raven is the only thing to prevent the Endless Night because the Endless Night is everybody dead, and with everybody dead, yeah. there's no memories, and so Bran is the memory. So you got to kill Bran. So let's go down this man. Who all's dying next episode? Let's let's get a Deadpool. Okay. Going. Um. Jeez. So you said Brienne. I I I think I think Brienne. I think Brienne's gonna die. Well, obviously, a lot of people, like a lot of unnamed soldiers and stuff, are dying for sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, let's talk about the name. Torbjorn, Tur- Torbjorn, uh, what's his name? Uh, Turban. Uh, Torbund Giants Bane. Yeah, I love or the Torment. fact that he told his origin story in this episode because that's what it was in the books too. So it was great. Yeah. <laughs> like he he bragged about that when you first met him. And then he goes through the whole deal. That was, that was a great scene where they're all sitting around getting drunk before they're all going to die. Yeah. Speaking of which, who else is going to die? Uh, what do you think about um, uh, yeah, what's his face? They cut off my knuckles. Oh, uh, Theon? No, no, not. Oh, you're talking about the, the cut off his lower knuckles. Talk about little, literal knuckles. Well, no, like Theon, Theon had his uh, had his fingers all messed up. Theon's going to die. Theon's going to die. Theon's going to die? 
I think he's going to die to like protecting Brand, Brand, which will be nah, kind of his. No, nah, he's going to. Well, what? I mean, uh, I think it's going to be Brand. He, he like did, literally, that's what he's going to yeah, do. He, he did say. Well, I, I don't know though. Like if if uh, if the Night King's throwing his little like you know dupe and going south, then I don't think they're ever going to get to Brand. I think you know they're going to kill. They're going to kill a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of white well, walkers. The Night King's not, but there's going to be other folks. Well, there's going to. I think that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. There's there's, there's going to be white walkers. There's going to be whites, and so I think the Night King has to kill Brand. So I don't know if they're going to go for that. I think they're. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, ugh. let's. Okay, there's, uh, there's so many people are going to die. So, but but do you? So you don't think Theon's going to die? I think Theon's gonna. Uh, yeah, maybe. His story is over. He's dead. No, he, Theon's well, going to die. Yeah, he's going to die, but I think he's going to die defending Sansa, or maybe maybe it'll be... Uh, He'll die defending the Starks, and it'll be the ultimate completion of yeah, his Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be the completion of his story arc. Um, I don't think Torben can die, though, until he until he and uh, the, the giant woman... Uh, that's what I'm saying. She's going to die in his arms, and he's going to, like, raid, you know, Hulk out, or, uh, you know berserker rage and take out a bunch of other undead with them but then he's gonna die die. yeah um i think or they go up into the sunset together jorah's gonna die yeah jorah's probably gonna die jorah's gonna die yep what about the little bear what about uh leorna mormont liana uh maybe not I think I think she's gonna get die and get raised. Are we talking about next episode or, or like overall? I'm talking about next episode, man. I don't think all these people are gonna die next episode. You don't think they're gonna the, die the next battle, episode? The battle's I, two oh, episodes long. All right, all right, all right, all right. Is it really two? I thought it was all. I thought it was all this one episode. It's it's this one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it rolls a little bit into the next. Hmm. I think the fallout is gonna obviously roll into the next, but then that's that's where I was saying that like I think this episode is gonna be the battle in Winterfell. And then it's going to be a bait and switch surprise at the end. And, you know, ice dragon over King's landing, starting the next big, big battle over there. So do you think that it's going to be uh Winterfell survivors going to King's landing or King's landing survivors, assuming that you're correct about mm. going up to Winterfell? Cause I, they got to meet somewhere and it's not going to be on a giant plane. It's either going to be in King's landing or it's going to be, <laughs> Oh, you know what? It would make, it would make sense. It would make sense if it was King's landing. Cause all of the visions that we've mm. seen in the future show King's landing destroyed. Could be King's landing. It could also be Dragonstone or the iron islands. Actually, hmm. Yara's whole thing about like, oh, Daenerys needs a place to like fall back on. Like, she's got other islands. I mean, I realize that the Iron Islands and uh, they're closer. Dragonstone are on two separate sides of the map, but that never stopped him last season. Well, so Pike yeah. is closer to Winterfell than uh, than Dragonstone. This is true. This is true. Um, um, hmm. I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see if uh, if King's Landing is destroyed by the Night King, which forces Cersei and her. Uh, golden company and all of her compatriots out and they have to uh like get through i just don't see how they get through the army of the dead uh to get up to winterfell Ooh, okay all right maybe they like use wildfire like it could be what if they mm, what if they go back south and like the the city is like empty and then they get to the throne and it's, it's the, um, so the, so they all like, like they, they win and they, but they don't fight the night King and they're like, what just happened? And they're like, well, we need to get back to the war in the South. They start going South. They get to King's landing and it's, the city is completely abandoned and empty. They march on all up in there and they get to the throne room, the iron throne. 
and the Night King sitting there. And Cersei has taken whatever forces she has left and gone to Dragonstone and taken back Dragonstone. And uh, and now they got to fight fight there. I don't know. I'm just throwing well, what out What if theories. it's like a white Cersei? Like, like, he's like, she's been risen. She's been risen. Oh, interesting. What about the mountain? What's his deal? <laughs> like, so, okay, this, this is this is the one thing that I want to see out of this season. And if I don't see it, like, regardless of whatever, however, whatever happens with the series, how cool it is or anything else, if I don't see Clegane I will be disappointed overall in this series. <laughs> Clegane will die. That'd what is be- hype may never <laughs> die, dude? What is hype may never die? <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a, an epic weekend. We got Endgame. We got uh, Game of Thrones. It's going to be a blast. And I'm going up it's to Dallas good. to go watch Overwatch League. Oh, that's going to be fun, too. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, it's going to be fun. We'll talk about it on the next it's Thrones TV Thrones Talk. Thrones TV Talk. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.